Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. Blessed to be with you as many of you are ending the work week. And I am blessed to be with you to be hosting Calvary Live this afternoon, this evening. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley. And for nearly four years, I have had the privilege of hosting Calvary Live on Tuesdays. That's been the main day that I have hosted. I have also filled in on other days, on Monday, on Wednesdays, and on Thursdays at different times. But this is the very first time that I have hosted on Friday. So I'm blessed to be with you, and I will be your regular host, um, scheduled to do Fridays as well as Tuesdays. So um, I'm blessed to be here. I'm blessed to to be a part of your afternoon. Uh, It is snowing and raining along the Front Range here in Colorado. So I pray that you're safe. Um, I pray that you um, take your time and that we can be a blessing to you as you're traveling. If you're uh, in the metro area, uh, if you're driving in traffic, uh, please be careful and uh, we're looking forward to today's show. So, uh, as I said, I'll be with you on Fridays. I, I pray people are are listening. I know they are, and you call in on Fridays. I don't know what Fridays are like. I know Tuesdays are very busy. So let me know that you're listening. Let me know that uh, that you're also ending the week with Calvary Live, and so give me a call. You heard the number at the opening of the show is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Of course, those of you listening on Grace FM, you're listening live today, and I uh, pray once again that uh, you're having a blessed day and um, and so glad to be with you. Also, for you who are listening on our syndicated stations of Grace FM and, uh, not, I mean, Hope FM and Truth FM, those are on the East Coast, uh, you too are listening. You are a week delayed, but you can call at that number at 303-690-3000, and uh, you can call that number anywhere in the country, and uh, they will answer the phones, and you can be a part of the show. This is really your show, and so um, give us a call. There's also another means and way for you to ask questions and uh, give prayer requests, and that's through a dedicated text line, and that number is 720-336-0897. So welcome, Grace FM listeners, those of you on the East Coast. Love to hear from you guys. Always a blessing to, to be a part of your lives as well out there on the East Coast. Those of you listening online, uh, we welcome you to call in. And then also, I just want to encourage you, put those numbers in your uh, your contacts and uh, your favorites. And so when you're listening to the show, you can call uh, that number, 303-690-3000, or pull up the text and uh, just text a question. And also, I would encourage you 
to download the Grace FM uh, app on your smartphones. Uh, you can pull it up on your computer as well, listen live, and what a blessing it is to be able to do that. So, again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. Give me a call. We have all open lines. Uh, I do want to start with the text question that came in. It really caught my eye, and uh, I want to do it while we're waiting for uh, the phone lines uh, to begin to ring and gets our callers in. But the reason that it caught my attention is the question is this. Are there certain portions of the Bible that are inspired, only certain portions of the Bible that are inspired, like the words of Jesus, and the rest of Scripture is open to reinterpretation? And, and I believe what the person who texts this in is trying to say, because there is a lot more talk in the church today about uh, reinterpreting the scriptures. Uh, there is uh, a, a more of a uh, thought in churches today and in, in some circles of Christianity, what is called progressive theology, and that is that the scriptures are open to interpretation, and particularly when it comes to uh, sexual uh, orientation, uh, when it comes to uh, gender identity, when it comes to issues like that. And there are those who come along and say that we only will believe the words of Jesus, and even then they will only take certain portions of what Jesus said when they, you know, will quote from the Sermon on the Mount, I believe in the Sermon on the Mount, or Matthew chapter 25. Uh, But we need to remember something very, very important as we see that this kind of thought is spreading more amongst churches, and not just certain denominations, but non-denominational churches are starting up saying we're all inclusive, uh, you know, we're going to, um, you know, talk about only certain portions of the Scripture while ignoring others. But in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that Paul said, Timothy, that all Scripture is inspired by God, all Scripture, that is from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And I was talking to somebody about this on the show, a caller on Tuesday that was asking uh, something uh, similar, but all Scripture is inspired by God. So sometimes what you will hear in churches is, well, the Scriptures are open to reinterpretation. Uh, Sometimes they will say, that the Bible contains the Word of God. And when you hear those words, you know that it's a church that perhaps is starting to um, move towards being progressive uh, theology or dismissing the Scriptures. Listen, the Bible doesn't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God, all of it. And if you hear anybody saying that, a pastor or a teacher saying, well, it only contains the Word of God, then they will go through and they will pick what they like and dismiss what others uh, portions of Scripture says. Sometimes people will call up and they'll even, you know, challenge, uh, you know, me or whatever, uh, other Bible teachers saying, well, you know, uh, we only take the words of Jesus. Paul, we can't really take his word as truth uh, because, you know, of this and that. Listen, the words that are written that Paul wrote in the epistles— are just as inspired as what we have, the words of Jesus Christ. They are God-breathed, and so it is truth given to us. So we need to be careful in those areas. So very, very good question. And one of the things that I'll pass along, then we're going to go to uh, the phone lines because uh, we got a couple of callers here waiting. But uh, I did a New Year's Eve prophecy update, 
the days of Sephaniah. And in the days of Sephaniah, he addresses in chapter 1 their spiritual apostasy. Then he addresses their spiritual apathy. And I think it was very relevant for our day today that we are seeing uh, that take place. And um, there's a uh, more of a dismissing of the Word of God. Uh, Paul warns us uh, in his letters to Timothy that in the latter days, that there will be a departing from the faith given heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy. Uh, He said that there are going to be those who are going to have itchy ears uh, and heaping up for themselves teachers that are given over to myths and fables. And he said that evil men and impostors are going to grow worse and worse. One of the things that Jesus said that in the last days that there will be many false prophets and teachers on the scene, not a few, but many. So Christians, let's be wise. Be wise, study the Scripture. It's all inspired by God. Um, So we need to uh, make sure that the Scriptures, that we test the spirits, as John said, to see if they are of God. Um, And the way we do it is through the authority of the Scriptures. Okay, let's go to line one to Stacy. Stacy? Stacy? Stacy, are you with us? She's on route to Laramie. So I know that there's pockets because I make that drive a lot of times in the spring and summer when I go up to Wyoming fishing. So Stacy, um, uh, if you can call back, um, she, uh, she, I'm just kind of reading the, 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 what it says here. Um, how to be a good and faithful servant is what her question is. And um, God gave her the word devotion, how to work that out. Uh, my thoughts, how to be a good and faithful servant. And Stacy, I hope you're listening. Be careful uh, driving up to Laramie. I know that there's um, not an easy way to get up there as you head up over the pass uh, in the, the Wyoming uh, ridge there. So uh, I hope you're listening. I want to encourage you, Stacy. be careful. But the way to be a good and faithful servant is devotion, is walk in love with the Lord. That's one of the things that we're talking about in our Roman study, is that Paul comes along, and in this whole doctrine of uh, sanctification, uh, he talks about we're dead to sin, we're dead to the law, and now we're free to be married to another, to be joined to another in Romans chapter 7, and that is Jesus Christ. And we live in the law of love right now. Just love him and know him and walk with him and depend on him. And as you do that, you're going to see that his grace is going to be worked out in you. And he's going to enable you as you walk in the Spirit uh, to uh, just live for him. We can't do it in our own flesh. Paul says, I'm dead to sin and I'm dead to the law because the law deceived me. And if we just set rules and regulations and legalistic systems uh, around us, then, you know, Paul says, I had this struggle. It lied to me. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep the law. And that's what the purpose of the law does, is that it shows us that we can't keep it, that we're not holy. And that's why we're to walk in the Spirit. We're to walk in the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and know him and love him and grow in the scriptures. So, Stacy, be careful. Thanks for calling in, trying, um, and hope you get home safe. And if you get a chance, uh, when you got an opportunity to be safe and give us a call before the end of the show, I'd love to talk to you more about this. Well, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We have some open lines. Let's go to Al in Brighton. Hey, Al. 
Al? Yes. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing good. Good. My question is in uh, Genesis 24, in particular verse 2 and 9, when Abraham is charging his uh, oldest servant to go find a wife for his son Isaac, and it says, uh, he tells him, please put your hand under my thigh. And then in verse 9, then the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. So what exactly does that mean as far as a culture-wise, as far as putting your hand under someone's thigh? You know, I, what I've read on that, and it's been a while, but it is a cultural thing. And that was the way, it's kind of like shaking hands, is kind of what I got from it, um, that you put your hand under my thigh. They didn't, for the most part, they didn't have contracts like what we do, right? Um, mm-hmm. They, they um, would do this as like a handshake, but it was a way in their culture um, that they would uh, bind um, themselves to that uh, to that agreement or whatever, and um, that's what they would do. So, um, you know, I don't have any other sign, um, you know, or, or extension of that except that that's what they did, and that was the way that they would make agreements. And it was a very serious thing, though. It's like signing a contract or something. Okay, so... So it literally could have been put under a thigh like a handshake like we have today? Yeah, it's, it's you know, the idea is, um, you know, however they did it, a hand under the thigh, is that you're bound to this. You've given your word, you're going to carry through with this, and it was a, it, it was a cultural thing. Um, and so that's that's how they made this promise. So once that was done, it would be like signing a contract or, you know, it used to be, you don't hear it so much today, but for those of us who are older, I used to do business on a handshake, you know, or give a promise on a handshake. It's just a way of, in the culture at that time, ancient culture, to, to you know, I'm bound by this and I'm going to follow through uh, when the servant was going to go and find a bride for uh, for Isaac. So that's my take on it. Okay, because I know later on, like in uh, Ruth, Boaz actually gives his sandal away, which is another, I yeah. guess, change of the times as far as a word or a contract. Yeah, and that's another thing. And he did it in front of the judges of the city, right? And then part of it was, didn't they spit on the sandal or something? There's there's a part of all that that's interesting. But, yeah, he made that agreement there with uh, the one that was the nearest kin that he would then be the kinsman redeemer. So we see that as well. And um, and so in this time, in Genesis time, um, that this was something that they did that was binding in in that. And I, I just see it I, as a cultural thing, as a way that um, this is a commitment that I've made, and I'm going to keep this commitment. Okay. All right, Al? All right. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We got open lines, so I'd love to hear from you. And the text line is 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. If you're wondering uh, that 
we've never heard Pastor Jeff on Fridays because this is the first Friday that I've ever done. So I'll be doing Fridays uh, uh, regularly scheduled uh, to be hosting today's show. So uh, I'd love to to talk with you just as I do on Tuesdays as I get to host Tuesday. Uh, do my best to answer questions. Uh, I, I love it. Even as Al and Stacy are asking questions as they've called in, because I know they're reading the Bible. They're, they're, they got these questions, and I'll do my very best to bring clarity and understanding. Uh, you can uh, text a question in or a prayer request at 720-336-0897, and I'm sure that some of you have prayer requests uh, that you need prayer. I'd love to be able to do that, especially as we're heading into the weekend and uh, want to be able to bless you in that way. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and then also the text line 720-336-0897. And so somebody text in, uh, listening from Castle Rock. God bless you. Thank you, whoever sent that in, and I am blessed to be with you. So um, one of the things that, uh, as I was talking, the first text question that came in is um, the prophecy update. Some people have been asking, as I did that on New Year's Eve, that you can download that on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com, and I think it'd be a good uh, thing uh, for you to listen to um, and uh, be very relevant for today, uh, what Zephaniah was saying. And so we invite you to download that as you go to our website, uh, the link teaching, and go to topical, and you'll pull it right up and be able to listen to it. So let's go to our phone lines. Let's go to Drew in Fort Morgan. Drew? Yes, sir. How are you? Oh, doing great. And yourself? Good. You guys getting rain out there or snow? We're getting rain. It's it's beautiful. Nice, mellow rain. We needed it, didn't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for, um, thanks for calling in. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for taking my call. I was going to see uh, if you can maybe help me out. Uh, my wife and I had found some scripture about um, the devil being called the god of this world. I know God has given him uh, an amount of authority on the world, uh, you know, to, to, to reign in this present time. Um, I guess my question is, how do we distinguish between, we always say all good things are from God, but as human beings, how, how do we distinguish between a gift that we might have gotten that, you know, maybe the promotion at work, uh, maybe a blessing from somebody else that we call a blessing, um, but that could be the devil leading us astray, kind of like... Uh, you know, you see really successful, wealthy people that uh, don't know God whatsoever. And is, is it possible that the, that the devil was giving them those things? Or, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess I, I don't know the difference. Well, and that's a good question that you're asking, Drew, because he's a deceiver. Um, he's a master deceiver, and that's what he wants to do. He's a counterfeiter. He's a deceiver, and he he fools us into this is what's going to be good to you. He he is called the god of this age, the the god of this world, the prince of the power of the air, and it isn't always just this dark, hideous kind of a thing he brings, but he can transform himself, as Paul writes to the Corinthian believers, into an angel of light, 
So he can bring that to you, which seems like it's light. And I think that's what you're saying. And one of right. the things that, that he does in deceiving us is thinking if you have more worldly pleasure or more possessions or more of these things, because you're talking about, you know, maybe he he will, you know, bring these things to somebody. He always had the the mind of and the purpose and um, his goal is to destroy people's lives. And he does it through deception, thinking that you will be satisfied, you will be fulfilled if I just have more things. He is the God of this world. There's this worldly system out there that is run by Satan. And what he does is he tries to get his focus on worldly things, worldly pleasures. If I have more, if I take these drugs, I'll be happy. Um, If I do these things, and that's how he deceives us. It's every good gift that comes from above, James tells us, from the Lord. So here's the thing. We need to be discerning, and, and we need to understand this, that satisfaction and true fulfillment and blessing and benefit comes from the Lord in knowing him and walking with him and prioritizing him, not prioritizing the world. And Drew, I'll tell you, that's one of the the tragic consequences of the whole prosperity movement in the church today is that it's getting people to think that being a Christian means that you have to be prosperous, that you have to be wealthy. Now, it doesn't mean that God does bless. You know, every good gift comes from above. We see in Scripture that Abraham was wealthy, David was wealthy, Solomon was wealthy, Joseph of Arimathea was wealthy too, but Abraham was a friend of God. We know that, um, that uh, you know, it was David that had a heart after God. It was Solomon that had the wisdom of God. So, you know, if he blesses you, the thing is, is that be a good steward of what he's given to you, but the priority is knowing him, walking with him, and the eternal things of the kingdom. That is what is a priority. And we need to filter everything through the lens of Scripture because he is a master counterfeiter. He's a master deceiver, and he's always going to try to take you away from the priority of having devotion to the Lord, serving the Lord, and um, because our riches are in Christ, right? Um, right. And so he likes to get us pulled away. If you just pursue the things of the world, then you're blessed truly in that you, you know, um, are going to be fulfilled and satisfied in life when it is, Lord, I follow you, whether I don't have two dimes to rub together at the end of the month or whether you've blessed me tremendously, our confidence is in the Lord and walking with him. And um, so you can go through the scripture and you can see like the rich um, fool that built bigger barns and I will take my ease. The Lord said he was a fool because he wasn't rich towards God. And so the eternal things, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you, is what we need to know and learn. And it comes by being wise, coming through the scriptures. And, um, you know, it was David. David had, you know, power. He had riches. And he writes in the psalm that one thing that I desire of the Lord, that I would seek after, that I would, um, you know, 
um, dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. That's the kind of heart that we're to have. I want to know you, Lord. I want to honor you. I want to serve you. And um, Satan's going to try to take you away from that. So I don't know okay. if that helps, but... It, but... it absolutely does. Uh, I was going to say, um, so if if my wife and I are trying to find contentment with less and less, and we are, I feel like he's, he's uh, making sure that we're investing eternally to things not of this world, and we're finding contentment in that. But when something does come along and somebody blesses us, uh, whether it be financially, materially, um, I just want to make sure that we're not being deceived. Right. So what and, you're saying is as long as we're, we're seeking God, if blessings right. come our way, we can assume they are of God. Yeah, and we can, we can be thankful for those blessings. But you said okay. a key word there in your statement. You said contentment. And Paul says that we need to learn to be content. Um, and in all circumstances. Yeah, in all circumstances. And uh, he said, I learned to have much, I learned to have little, but he was one that it wasn't position, power. He talks about how, you know, he uh, gave all that up as a Pharisee of Pharisee for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you know, keeping him the priority. So to be content. And then those who teach that godliness is a means of gain, that is financial gain, that Paul warns against that in the love of money. Um, he didn't say money is evil. He said the love of money is the yeah, root the of all evil. Yeah, the pursuit of it, right. Okay. Yeah. So, so we need to have a good biblical uh, perspective on things and, um, and to remember this. Here's the thing, uh, uh, Drew. We have the riches of Christ, and there is nothing in this world that is worth substituting the riches of Christ for because everything's going to go away. And one of the things, we opened up the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights, and the book of Revelation is the first five words of the book of Revelation are the most important words of the whole book, the revelation of Jesus Christ, because it reveals Jesus. It unveils him. It shows his glory, his majesty, his power, that he's in control, that he sits on the throne. And so... You know, this world is leading up to something, and that is it's going to come to an end, and everything that we have is going to go away, and the only what we do for Christ, that's what's going to last, and that's what we need to keep a priority and proper perspective in. Okay. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you. I, I really appreciate the guidance, uh, and I also want to just uh, uh, tell you guys that thank you so much for the show. Uh, it's helped uh, my wife and I on our walk tremendously. Uh, we listen all the time, so we really appreciate your guys' ministry. Thank you, and thank you for listening. You guys keep listening out there in Morgan County, and and you know what a blessing that Grace FM is out there. And Be careful. Sweat out there, okay? Absolutely. You have a good one. You too, Drew. Thanks for all calling. Right, bye-bye. All right, we're going to be going to a break here pretty soon. Uh, I want to remind you, we do have uh, some uh, open lines 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs uh, here in northern Colorado, in Greeley, Colorado, on this rainy, snowy uh, January day. Love to hear from you guys on the East Coast. I haven't heard from you guys yet in 2019, so love to hear from you guys. Uh, you guys are such a blessing uh, to us, and we're glad that we're able 
to be a part of your lives as well out there uh, on the um, East Coast. So we have some open lines, and I'm looking where we're at. I think that uh, also I want to remind you of the text line uh, that we have. Uh, So text in a question, and we'll get to those as uh, we uh, are getting uh, closer or, you know, to the end of the show, or we got time, and we'll be able to do that. So we got a lot to talk about. You know, I was talking with Drew. Uh, it's very important, folks, that we understand that Satan is a deceiver, that he is a master counterfeiter, and he'll try to bring things in our lives, deceive us to think that this is the blessings of the Lord. Um, so we want to make sure that we keep him, the Lord, the priority in everything. Hey, We'll be right back on the other side of the break. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Except Calvary Chapel Greeley, I'll be with you on Fridays now. This is my first Friday that I've hosted the show, and so far it's just been a great time Great discussions about the Lord, looking at Scripture, uh, great questions. So I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is your show, to be able to call in and ask questions about the Bible or Christian living, to give your prayer requests, love to pray with you. Just be an encouragement, as many of you on on your way home, perhaps, um, driving, be careful. It's uh, raining, it's snowing out there along the Front Range. Love to hear from you guys on the East Coast. Welcome, those of you listening on Hope FM and Truth FM. Uh, And um, you are a week delayed, but you get to call at that number, 303-690-3000 and be a part of the show, and then you get to listen to yourself in the show next week as it'll air on your station. And let me give you that text number, 720-336-0897. So we're going to continue to go to phone lines. We do have some open lines, so grab one of those open lines. We've got plenty of time to uh, to answer your question as we just start the second half of the show. But let's go to Phil. Phil? Phil, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me okay? I can hear you, Phil. You're on Calvary okay. Live. Thank you, sir. Um, you... I'm going. I'm a Christian Christian man, um, married to a, a professed Christian woman. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very ex- I'm very extroverted. She's very introverted. And um, to be fair, I thought out of failed to be you know the spiritual leader of the family, and we're going through a divorce. I'm sorry to hear that. And I've worked, I've tried everything to fix or solve or try to remediate. And um, now I'm even at the, and I know this is going through no matter what. Of course, our God is greater, can do whatever he wants. And uh, my wife's just flat out determined and says she doesn't see the Bible that way or things and my question is is it's my children i have a 10 year old daughter and a 12 year old son right and i don't want them to see that this is okay and 
the spiritual warfare is so bad, the more I pray for her at this point, it's like I have a hard time even looking at her. And I say that out of love. I love my love her more than ever. And But now I'm like, okay, on Wednesday nights, my I want my wife, my wife won't go to church because I've been taking my kids to church. So they do with, you know, these activities for the, these things for the kids to grow their spiritual walk. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to go to a different church that's welcomed me in another Calvary Chapel. And, um, the, the first one was not Calvary Chapel, but, um, and I'm very thankful to be there. I feel like at least my wife's going to church with, with the kids. And then on right. Sunday, um, it's, it's just horrifying to me that I'm not at church with my family. And mm-hmm. I'm even given, really trying to give it to God, you know, love God more than my kids and my wife, and just want to get your two cents on that, because it, it's even going through the process. My wife's working with my daughter, going through Bible stuff with her. She's 10, and I'm just, I'm just like, does she even believe her? And um, I'm just sitting here in awe of what to, I can't even communicate with my wife anymore. She doesn't, she's just shut down. And then right. I'm just praying well, with my kids a lot. Yeah, and that's what you do. Phil, like I said, I'm sorry you're going through this very difficult time, a very hurtful time. And you said something uh, kind of caught my attention. You said you don't want your kids to know that this is right, I, I think your kids know because they're hurting too. Um, the, one of the um, repercussions of divorce, of course, is um, the children that are involved, and, and they're hurting like you're hurting. Um, and in, in ways, um, even though you know you express that your wife is shut down, she, she's hurting too. So for you, Phil, you're still you know the leader of your home, and you're doing the right thing by taking your kids to church and you are to pray with them and talk with them and you are to keep praying for your wife. Um, and one of the things that I want to encourage you is, um, and you probably already know this, um, cause most people do, but don't be negative towards mom to the kids. Um, don't be saying negative things, don't let them see that there's warring going on, whatever there is, um, because that will make it even more difficult for them. But That's you let exactly them know that the things that I'm doing. That's when I say I'm yeah. doing it. Like it's not. Right. It's, I'm I'm trying to do every. I'm trying to rescue. It's so hard for me to sit on the sidelines. Right. Where God probably wants me to be sitting, and just to. Just to make sure you understand, I'm I'm not going to church with my kids. I'm I'm okay. not going, so my wife will go to church, and that way I'm okay. trying not to disrupt my kids from going to church. Does that make sense? I'm going to a different church. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and you're going to need that fellowship and and to be with some guys. But you're in a place of praying, and and praying with your kids and praying for your wife, and asking God to do a work and. You said that God can do anything, and He can, to to soften her heart, uh, to bring healing, restoration uh, during this season right now, and to really press into Him. And um, so, I'd like to pray for you right now. But it's just a hard, difficult time that you're in, in situation that you're in. And um, but as minister as much as you can to your children, the things of the Lord, the Word of God. 
And um, even to speak, uh, you know, I don't know, it's hard to tell with the radio conversation, you know, to to speak kindness as much as you can to your wife. And I know there are things, decisions that you have to deal with and frustrations that come. But you be in prayer. You be in prayer seeking the Lord, and the Lord will guide you um, in the days ahead. So, Father, I pray for Phil. He's going through a very difficult season right now. Going through a divorce is very hurtful, um, very difficult. And, Lord, um, as it's hard because he, he wants to be in church with his children, but he, he's not. And, um, and so he misses out on that. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be that time that he can be back with his family. I pray somehow that you would work a miracle, that you would restore this marriage over time, there'd be healing. Um, Lord, it seems hopeless, but you are the God of hope. And so, Lord, I pray that you would work. And, Lord, that uh, he would look to you, trusting in you, but also resting in you. And, Lord, to to Lord, to be, uh, Lord, just minister your comfort to him and wisdom to him and strength to him that he needs. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would show yourself strong on his behalf and on his family and his kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Be, hey, Phil, I'll be praying for you, okay? Thank you, sir. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. There's one caller that called um, that heard that Trump was fulfilling a biblical prophecy by moving an embassy to Jerusalem is he? We're going to be talking some about that as we're going through the book of Revelation that we just started on Wednesday nights. So we invite you out. We just got through the first three verses. and um, But I think it has significance uh, in moving the embassy to Jerusalem. And uh, matter of fact, in Israel, uh, I saw a coin uh, that had a coin with Trump's image on it and Cyrus' image on it. And the reason is, is because Cyrus allowed the Jews to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And there are many that believe that Trump, with the embassy being moved to Jerusalem and in other countries, a few that are following, that it's going to allow the Jews to rebuild their temple. And so they have this special coin. So it's interesting. Um, I think it's significant because the, the nation of Israel is the when they became a nation was the time clock that started in times. They're the hour hand. They say Jerusalem is the minute hand, and the temple mount is the second hand. So it's all linked together. So, um, yeah, we we watch and, and see. Let's go to Garrett in Longmont. Garrett? Garrett, are you still there? Sure, can you hear me? Yeah, Garrett, you're on Calvary Live. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, quick question, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> I've had some Mormon friends over the past, and they're all great people. And yeah. uh, they invited me to a couple of their services. I sat in on them, and uh, a lot of what they talked about was kind of um, salvation, I guess, through works. And I was under the impression that, um, you know, salvation came through accepting the sacrifice that God made, giving His, his Son for our sins. And that uh, to accept that love and to accept that sacrifice is what uh, really what Christianity is sort of about. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it's not so much works as much as I mean, you know, it doesn't really leave much room for the sinner. And I feel like uh, you know, Jesus came to 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 rest on the cross for all of our sins. You know, so I guess right. if you could um, clarify that for me, it'd be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, the the Holy Spirit is is ministering to you. Um, John talks about the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will lead us in truth. So you go to a Mormon church and you're sitting there and you're hearing something and you're going, wait a minute here, there's some red flags, there's some caution here, I need clarity. And um, and you're asking a very good question because one of the characteristics of the Mormon church is that you have to work for salvation. Now, um, that goes along with the Mormon church, Jehovah Witnesses, um, that they present a different Jesus. The Mormon Church uh, believes um, in the Book of Mormon, Doctrines and Covenants. Uh, they regard those books as higher than the Bible, and they believe that in one of the characteristics of the cults is you have to earn your salvation. The Mormons believe that there's three um, different levels of heaven. There's a celestial heaven, terrestrial, telestial heavens, and those who um, who belong to the Mormon Church, who go through the different sac- sacraments, who do you know um, temple work and proxy baptism, and all these things, that if they're worthy enough, then they will go through to the third heaven. So that's the whole basis of their doctrine. They don't just say you have to work for salvation. There's a reason behind it, a doctrine behind it, and that is that. You can go to heaven, and then in the third heaven, uh, in the celestial heaven, that there are seven different levels there, and that you can progress, and you can become a god, and you can create a heaven, and you can create an earth and populate the planet. That's what they believe in. So that's the whole basis of working for your salvation. True biblical Christianity in the Bible says there's only one God. There is going to be no other gods from beginning to end. You cannot progress and become God. That is the oldest lie in the Bible. When Eve was deceived by Satan, it was Satan that said, should you not eat of that tree? Um, You know, did he say that you'll be like God? You'll be like God. You'll know between good and evil. And and that Satan has always deceived people to think that they can become a god. So all through history, you have, you know, um, you have emperors, you have uh, Caesars, you have pharaohs that thought that they were gods. There's only one God who created heaven and earth from beginning to end. The Bible's very clear. We cannot progress and become gods. The Mormons teach a different Jesus than what's in the Bible. And they teach that Jesus was created... He's not the creator from the very beginning, from all eternity past. They believe that Jesus is the brother of Lucifer, and that Jesus was the first spirit children born between God the Father and God the Mother, and Satan was his brother. So they believe that that Jesus is created, that he's the brother of Lucifer. That's why I'm saying that they present another Jesus to you. So um, the Mormon Church... Um, and, and you said something that they're very nice, and they are. And um, the thing about it is um, that, uh, Garrett, is when I was out of college, I went to work in Utah. I lived with the Mormon family. I loved them. They were so good to me, and they took me to church. But as 
the more I listen, the more I realize that something's not right here, and they're presenting a different Jesus. So um, be careful, and um, they um, are uh, ones that believe in a different Jesus. Um, we are saved by faith alone. That's The Bible is very clear about that, and we are going through that in the book of Romans. It's not any deeds of the law that a man is justified. Um, it is only by faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified freely by his grace. So that's kind of a nutshell of uh, what you're asking. Yes, sir. Is that, does that help, Perry? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot, actually. Uh, and, 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 yeah, and here's the thing, Gary. It didn't make sense. I mean, all the stories in the Bible, is, you know, of you know, Jesus cleaning like a horse feet or, or, or whatnot, you know, it didn't really uh, add up when you heard the Mormon yeah. argument. So, uh, you know, and and here's, here's what I want to add, because I remember— you know, I love this family, and and um, I thought, this is where I'm going to live, this is where I'm going to church. They're just another Christian church, like, you know, the Baptists or whatever. And when I first started learning this, it really grieved me. It, it was hard to hear all of this, and it may be hard for you to hear it. But listen, that's why it's so important that we know the Scriptures, and we know the true Jesus and who God is revealed in His Word, and that you have opportunity in a very gentle way, in a very kind way, to present to them the true Jesus. And so be praying about that and what the Scriptures— and you can just ask questions. You can ask questions about, well, what about the Bible that says that we're justified freely by His grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus, that no deeds of the law will justify us? What does the Bible have to say? You can just converse with them. Do you guys believe that you can progress and become a God— when the Bible says differently. And so you can start those conversations and really be helpful to them and, and point them to the true Jesus. And that's what I want to pray that you do. Okay? Yeah, actually, yeah, I actually raised that question. It seemed like it baffled a few of the older guys there, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's a good question. You know, I'm like, it's never been brought up before. You know, so it's confusing. Yeah. But yeah, um, it, right it on, is. Pastor, I appreciate, I appreciate this channel, and it, it's helped me get through a lot of hard times. And everybody's stories is it's really helpful. So. Thanks for let me you, you bet, Garrett. It's a privilege to do it. Let me pray with you real quick before I let you go. Father, I pray for Garrett. He he has some friends that he cares about, and he's gone to service, but he's hearing things that are not true. And I believe um, that you have spoken to his heart. The Holy Spirit is the one that that gives truth. And I pray, Lord, that, that Garrett would grow in the Word of God, that he would be reading his Bible, be going to a good biblical church that teaches through the Word of God, and that he would be able to minister to his Mormon friends, that uh, he would present to them the true Jesus, the true plan of salvation, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, that he's eternal. And Lord, that uh, you give him the wisdom, give him the courage to speak the truth in love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Gary. Thank hey, you, keep Pastor. me in touch. Okay. You bet. All right. Have a good one. Bye. You bet. Bye bye. 303 690 3000. We got about 10 minutes left in the show. And let me look where I'm at here. Let's go to um, Dalton in Fort Collins. Dalton? Hey, Pastor, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Dalton? Not bad. Um, I had a question for you. Uh, I'm trying to read. I've never read through the whole Bible myself. Uh, from cover to cover, really. Um, I'm trying to do it 
chronologically too, just to kind of get timeline um, straightened. Anyways, uh, I'm in the book of Job right now, and your producer, the guy that answered the phone, kind of definitely helped helped me understand it a little bit better. But you know, I always knew that Job, the the story of Job, was that you know Job was a godly man, and um, Satan asked to test him and all this kind of stuff, and God allowed it, and so he got everything taken away from him. But when his friends, like this whole book is his conversation between his friends and everything like that. And I remember the first time I read it, I thought they were being super encouraging and all this kind of stuff. But then when you look at Job's responses and everything, um, it, it doesn't show that. And on top of that, I've heard talks of it where these friends of his are not actually being supportive. And right. so I, I kind of have a hard time um, seeing the language, and I was just wondering if you could give me a brief summary of it. I, I'm reading out of the NASD. Um, I usually read out of the NLT, um, mm-hmm. but I figured the NASD going cover to cover, I might get a more literal translation. And that's kind of what I was right. looking for. So You know, the book, book of Job can be a difficult book to understand because— you know, it is Satan that was tempting Job to, to blaspheme God. God was testing Job, and and he allowed Satan to, you know, take away his kids, servants, and everything, and he pretty much lost everything uh, except for his wife, and his wife who said, curse God and die, which wasn't very encouraging, but before you know, we're too hard on her. She lost her kids too. She's hurting. So mm. here Job is, you know, he's sitting in sackcloth and ashes and his three friends come along and Job in this exchange between his three friends and then a fourth one ends up showing up towards the end of the book. They're giving him counsel. They're trying to explain to him why he went through this loss. And they are essentially saying to him that you're going through this lost job is because you sinned. You did something wrong. You need to confess it. You need to come forward with God. And, and so Job ends up calling them, you know, miserable counselors is what he does. And, mm-hmm. and so that's at the end of the book, we see that the Lord rebukes the counseling, the counsel that Job had received. God never directly answers Job why he allowed it to happen, but he blesses Job. And he says, Job, were you around when, you know, I measured out the heavens and the earth? And and so he answers Job and, and says, I'm sovereign, and um, I'm the one, you know, that um, sovereignly works. But it can be a difficult book. But Job is also an incredible book that— um, it shows us that, you know, a lot of times the philosophy of people and the thought of people is, if I go through a loss that I did something wrong, um, I did something wrong, um, I, you know, sinned, and I'm being punished by God for it. And that's what a lot of Christians think. Job, we are told in chapter 1 of the book that he was one that was blameless, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Sounds like a pretty incredible guy. So, you know, they're going through all this stuff, and and I think it's sad when there are those who say, well, you're going through loss, the death of a a loved one, or you're going through this loss or tragedy or whatever because you did something wrong, 
or you didn't have enough faith. And there are those who call up on this radio program, and we're told that, and they're miserable counselors. Listen, Mm -hmm. we don't understand everything that God allows to come into our lives. And I've always said this, that when we're confronted with things that we don't understand, we can fall back on the things that we do understand. And that is that he is there, he loves us, he'll never leave us or forsake us. And and Job, he was an incredible man, because in chapter 5, after he loses all these things, uh, he says, As for me, I would seek God, and to God I would commit my cause who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. And he says that, For he bruises, but he bounds up, and he wounds, but his hands make whole. I mean, Job is talking about some incredible truths of the Lord. He still has his faith. And he says, Though the Lord slay me, though I will bless him. And and so, you know, Job, you know, he patiently endured the trials, and he saw the blessings of the Lord. And there are those lessons there, and there's those lessons not, you know, to say those things in being miserable counselors, and that God is sovereign. But it's it's a very interesting book, and sometimes a hard book to read. I agree, and uh, but at the same time, like you said, it just uh, it it I don't know it kind of brings things into perspective and. Um, reading it through it for the second time, I found a verse that I really liked in it. It's, uh, I don't remember exactly what chapter, but it's verse 28, and it says, uh, And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. And that really right. stood out to me. I, I just really liked that, just because out of all of the counsel that his friends are giving him, um, thinking that they're wise, that the fear of the Lord is the wisest thing you could do, and departing from evil is kind of like the best thing you can do to show your understanding. Yeah. yeah. But, and th- there are those things, you know, that um, we just don't understand. We don't know why, you know, the Lord allows. But, you know, Dalton, he, you know, when we fall into various trials, you know, the New Testament comes along and says that we can count it all joy. Um, because God is working. He's working endurance and patience and character and hope, Paul says in Romans chapter 5, and hope does not disappoint. And we have the love of Christ that is shed abroad in our hearts, that he's there and he's working and he'll never leave us or forsake us. Those are hard lessons. And that's the other thing, Dalton, that really concerns me about so much of the message of the church today is, you know, that um, you need to speak that, prosperity into your life and you won't have trials. We see Job was a man of great faith and he had trials. Paul was a man of great faith and he had a thorn in the flesh and he prayed three times, Lord, heal me. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. So, you know, we're in the hands of the Lord. He's sovereign. He works, but he does love us. And he is working for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purposes and sometimes we're in the middle. I'm sure Job was thinking, working for good. You look at the loss that I've gone through. Um, but he's looking at eternity's perspectives, and that's what we always need to keep in mind, that God is working in our lives in eternity's views and values, uh, in growing us, in teaching us. And um, and he was tested in that way. And, you know, Job uh, didn't curse God, as Satan said. 
and um, and the Lord, you know, said, Job, you can trust me that I can handle your life, and it's the same with us. So, yeah, good good stuff. So, yeah, well, I uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, like I said, it's just kind of I never had a really good understanding of that book, so. I appreciate yeah. you clearing it up for me, and I appreciate the producer also giving his input. So, tell him thank yeah. you for me. You bet, Dalton. If you get some some insights, you know, give us a call. You know, update me on it. Love to hear what the Lord is showing you. Um, and give us a call back. So, thanks, Dalton. Appreciate it. Hey, we just got a, a, a little bit of time left. Hey, uh, Phil, just want to encourage you. There was somebody that called a lady, um, and it was typed out to me. Uh, she's not on the line, but um, she's going through something very similar like you are. She realized that crying out to God was her only option. She kept praying, didn't say anything bad about her husband, and they were eventually reconciled and didn't get a divorce. So just a word of encouragement that God can work, and you be in prayer, and um, and uh, we're going to continue to pray for you. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. I thank you for all of you who have called. And uh, and looking forward to another year at Calvary Live and also being with you on Fridays. Um, I want to encourage you, go to church this weekend, all right, to your local church here at Calvary. We're going through the Book of Romans in Greeley, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Love to meet you. Love to come, those of you in northern Colorado. Thanks for calling in, being a part of the show. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.